Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I did an interview this morning with a terrific radio station in Indiana, WOWO, otherwise known as WOWO, uh, where we are on, and I love being on there. And I was asked a pretty great question about, hey, Dan, how did you know the Facebook whistleblower thing was a trap? And I said, whenever you see the presence of the Iron Triangle, you know it's a trap. This was not even built into my show today. I just did the interview. But I want to get to that. Whenever you see the Iron Triangle, and I'll get to that in a second, what it is. It is a leftist trap. I promise you, do not fall for it. Please don't be a sucker for these idiots like a lot of Republicans were who fell for the Facebook whistleblower. Oh, look, we're finally going to get Facebook. Ah, Facebook got you. It's a trap. It was obvious from the start. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I know you're seeing a new background again today. I hope you all like it. Better audio, better video. We finally got Joe back. His show was lost yesterday oh. without producer Joe. We'll get, we'll get to him in a second, too. You already heard him. Joe, preview there. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, good to have you back, so let's go. Yeah, that was two days, Joe. Joe has a lot of built-up energy right there. Good to have you back. Thanks, baby. We had to get the Kenny Bell we had to break in. Yeah, that's good, man. We had to get the Kenny Bell yesterday. Hey, uh, whenever you see the Iron Triangle, you know it's a leftist trap. It's there every time. I want you to look for these three things. Before I get into the show, what really happened at Southwest, the mandate, viral interference, loaded show today. The Iron Triangle is this. When the left is trying to push a narrative or a policy, whatever it may be, uh, a pro-abortion policy, an anti-Second Amendment policy, a narrative, Republicans are promoting misinformation, you'll see the presence of the Iron Triangle. The media, which is ubiquitous, the left-wing media will push a narrative. Then you'll see a congressional committee typically convened. Sound familiar? And in third, a lot of it will have been initiative initiated Excuse me, by leftist activist groups. That's why the Facebook whistleblower was the most obvious trap in American history. I was talking to a, a whoa, whoa, ho. She's great. And she's like, how did you know from the start? I'm like, this had everything. You had leftist activist groups, the fact checkers, Pointer Institute, PolitiFact, all these fake, you know, whatever, you know, health something feedback.org and all this stuff. These are activist groups. They pretend not to be, but they are. Then you add a Facebook whistleblower covered in a media report on 60 Minutes, and then the Congressional Committee convenes a few days later. Whenever you see that, you are falling in a leftist trap, guaranteed every time. I can't say this enough. You'll see a media story. It'll be pushed by leftist activist groups, and then you'll see a Congressional Committee. They do it. Here's just a quick example before I move on. I want to beat this horse to death. But it's important you understand they're trying to play you. You see it all the time with environmental stuff. Some leftist environmental group will talk about some, uh, you know, DDT. 
we're all dying. DDT's killing everyone everywhere. Then all of a sudden you'll see a media report on 60 Minutes or elsewhere. You're all going to die. DDT's going to kill every single human being on earth, even human beings that aren't yet born because it'll cause massive worldwide infertility. And you're like, oh my gosh, holy Moses, we're all going to die. What the hell? Then what happens, Joe? On a Wednesday, the report will come out on a Sunday or a Monday, big media days because the week's coming up. On a Wednesday, there'll magically be a congressional committee on DDT. Men's testicles aren't working anymore. There'll be no babies. It'll be like the Clive Owen movie. Remember when no baby's born and finally the baby's born? I forget the name of the damn movie. Jim will text me in a minute with the name of the movie, I'm sure, because I always screw up the culture stuff. That's how it works. Whenever you see it, always say to yourself, Am I being played? Because the answer is yes. It's a trap. It's a trap. Thank you, Joe. It's a trap. It's always a trap. Listen to Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. Unfortunately, Admiral Akbar found out too late. Those guys were really suckers, weren't they? Games of Star Wars, the Rebel Alliance, right? They always fall for like the Empire's trap, right? Every single time. Darth Vader may have had some, you know, some Jedi-like mind superpowers. All right. Getting back to the news du jour, because there's a lot going on. So what is the inside scoop about what happened at Southwest? There was a massive cancellation schedule this weekend. 1,800 flights canceled at Southwest Airlines. It is spilled over into Monday, into Tuesday. Additional canceled flights. There are like 20 different stories out there about what's going on. The story I'm getting from actual insiders is that a lot of the pilots, pilot and listen, Southwest people, email us if you dispute this. I'm getting this from known verified insiders. They're telling me there was a lot of company loyalty within Southwest. Generally, people liked working there, especially the pilots. This is what I'm hearing. Not loved it, but liked it. They felt betrayed by the vaccine mandate. They then had some sick time they had to take. Some of them felt like they were stressed out. They're saying it's not an illegal job action. We can't fly when we're stressed. So we took the time. We felt like it was our responsibility to do it. Fine. I heard that. I believe that story. Is it exclusively the vaccine mandate? No. Is that playing into it by causing these pilots stress? If you, if you believe otherwise, I'm sorry. You're just really dopey. I'm really sorry to tell you. Probably a leftist who just wants to. And the only reason leftists are fighting against the vaccine mandate Southwest narrative is because Joe Biden is behind the vaccine mandate. That's not even a mandate yet. Deborah Hine at American Greatness has a great story, which confirms what I'm telling you is true. We were, again, ahead of the curve on this. Check it out. It's in the newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. A Southwest pilot explains what happened over the weekend. Listen to this. This sums it all up about the vaccine mandate, trust, loyalty to the company, goodwill, all summed up in one paragraph. Hine, American Greatness. She says, quote, this pilot, this insider, said that over the holiday weekend, Southwest probably saw a 20% increase in flights and relied on the goodwill of pilots to fly those extra trips. So they got a pretty simple stuff, right? Southwest increase in flights. They did have a short pilots. Pilots should have worked OT, right? Or that's what Southwest felt. The way South, back to the quote, the way Southwest schedules these flights these days, he said, is that they rely on a significant number of pilots to pick up an extra trip for time and a half overtime pay. That time and a half pay is usually enough of an enticement to draw the needed number of pilots back to fly those trips, the pilot said. After, listen, here's the key takeaway. After the vaccine mandate, however, 
Southwest shouldn't have expected any pilots to sign up for those extra flights, he said. They felt betrayed. Back to the quote. The same was true for the pilots who called in sick. Confirming what we told you yesterday on this show and the radio show. They felt it was a breach of trust from a bunch of employees at Southwest who had generally had a lot of goodwill for the airline. Hey, we need you guys to come in and work overtime. Busy flight schedule. No, thanks. We're not doing it. Other pilots called in sick. Hey, they're stressed out. You can't fly stressed out. There's nothing. It's not, it's not against the law. That doesn't break the RLA, the uh, that Labor Act. Nothing. Now, folks, this is the problem I have with the left. They are immune to facts. The left and the establishment right. I've got a video coming up with Thomas Sowell. Explains this beautifully. They are immune to facts. How did Southwest and these other airlines and candidly, every other corporation in America, how did they not figure out that Americans who are suspicious in some cases, in some of the vaccine, not all, but in some cases about the vaccine, how did they not figure out that this was going to cause a production shortage because their employees who object to the vaccine are going to quit or leave and therefore, shocker, are not going to be able to produce stuff? Gosh. You ever hear Say's Law, S-A-Y, Say's Law? No, I haven't. No. Say's Law. I've mentioned it before on this show, but it's been a long time. So, Joe, I know you're forgiven on that because you've got a lot to keep in that head of yours, including including producing the show. Say's Law is that production creates its own demand. Production, the essence of an economy, without boring you to death, is production, not consumption. As society is wealthy because of what we produce, this is hard for leftists to understand. They think that if the government takes money out of society and spends it for people to consume stuff, gives people unemployment benefits and other benefits to consume stuff, that consumption creates wealth. That's impossible. We are wealthy because we build houses. We build TVs. We have doctors that produce medical services, lawyers that produce legal services. That's why the United States is wealthy. The left has never, ever understood Say's Law. They think consumption creates its own wealth. Demand creates wealth. That is impossible. What we produce creates wealth. Now, why am I bringing this up in relationship to the Southwest story? Because the Southwest story is so obviously an example of production. When piloting services are not produced, you do not have wealth because people don't feel wealthy when they can't even travel. Not being able to travel is the hallmark, one of them, of a third world society. Now you're starting to see what happens when the production chain gets disrupted. Look, it's everywhere. Washington Examiner, Christian Daytalk, Grinch Pinch. Biden officials fear they won't be able to stop holiday season shortages. Folks, Christmas this year is going to be really miserable for a lot of families. I'm sorry to tell you that. Christmas, Hanukkah. Thanksgiving, where we, you know, buy turkeys, we buy gifts, we celebrate with our families. It's not going to be a lot of fun this year. Now you were starting to see Say's Law in action. If we don't produce stuff, it doesn't matter how much money's printed by the government. They're printing money for you to spend on products you can't buy because they haven't been produced. My gosh, is this hard? I've been talking about Say's Law for years. How the left is immune to facts, factually accurate material. You don't produce pilots, you don't have wealth. Wealth requires travel. People have to travel. People who produce services have to be in different states sometimes. Goods have to travel. You forget the airlines are responsible for transporting a lot of goods. Where's that going to come from? 
Without airline services, you have nothing. We're not producing anything. How the hell are you going to have Christmas with toys when nobody's producing any toys because the government's paying people or was not to work and now is paying people in other ways not to work? Folks, when you disrupt market signals like we've done here, when you disrupt market signals, you are never going to have a wealthy society. And the vaccine mandate is just another way which market signals have been disrupted. Why? Because they create artificial labor shortages, vaccine mandates. You can't produce stuff if people don't show up for work because they don't believe with the mandate. They don't believe in the mandate. Therefore, people don't show up for work. You don't have stuff to buy. How freaking hard is this? The market signal for labor, come to work, we'll pay you a lot, is disrupted when you put an obstacle. Here's a mandate. I don't want to go to work while you have this mandate in effect. Liberals always do this. They create obstacles to market signals. They create artificial shortages, which we have now at Southwest. This has nothing to do with the weather. There's not a shortage of pilots in the United States. There's a shortage of pilots at Southwest. (laughs) Do you not understand this, leftists? So how do we fight back? Well, it's happening. Governor Abbott in Texas has just put out an executive order banning vaccine mandates by any entity in Texas. But second, folks, you have to resist. I have made my personal statement on vaccine mandates clear to every company I work for. I will not comply. I can only do what I can do. I will not comply. I've said it publicly. This podcast is listened to by millions of people. I'm saying it right now. I will not comply. You have to resist too as well. I know. I know it's hard. None of this is easy. I'm not telling you it's easy. But resisting is the strategy because they can't possibly force us all to do it. They don't have the numbers. Look at this article in the Washington Examiner by Sarah Westwood. Concerns arise over vaccine mandate enforcement as multiple industries suffer. Folks, they don't have the numbers. Look at this. In from the piece, they don't have the numbers to enforce this thing. Companies that run afoul, this is from Westwood's piece, companies that run afoul of the vaccine requirements could face fines of nearly $1,400 per violation, according to administration officials. Whoa, that sounds severe. But listen to the next line. But it's unclear how OSHA will catch violations across the hundreds of thousands of companies to which the rule will apply. Folks, there's only about 800 OSHA inspectors out there. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of companies. They don't have the numbers. They don't. So it's a two-step plan to fight back. You should be emailing and petitioning your governors in every state, red, blue, or purple, to ban these vaccine mandates now. And then second, resist. You have to resist. It's the only way. Eventually, the system will break and have to cater to your will because production is what creates wealth. And you, the free American citizen, is what creates production and creates wealth. And if you stop The system will have to fold. It happened in Poland with the solidarity movement, and it's happened throughout human history. You are the source of wealth for the United States, no one else. Now, nobody explains this better than the great Thomas Sowell. It's time for Truth Time with Thomas Sowell. Great Thomas Sowell, Truth Time with Thomas. Uh, here's Thomas Sowell speaking about this exact phenomenon. I'm, ad- phenomenon I'm, addressing, I'm addressing right here. 
how the establishment swamp is consistently immune to facts. These people all collude together with their interests, big business, big tech, academia, the Iron Triangle, and they are consistently immune to facts. Now, he's being interviewed by an obvious leftist here. You've seen him before. And they, he, they try to call him out. on. Well, you know, listen, you're talking about academics not necessarily having a grip about what's going on. Does that apply to academics you like, too? Check this out. All these people somehow have come to, of power in the establishment, have come to this like-minded idea about... Well, that's happened many times in history. Self-appointed... And I don't believe for a minute. I think if people at Harvard meet wholly independently and sealed off from people from Stanford, yeah. and they go into those committee rooms, they will come out with the same kinds of policies because they went in with the same assumptions. And, bec and because their experiences, you suggest, are essentially the same, probably. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Then why do they come to the same conclusions? Oh, because they operate under the same assumptions. And why do they have the same assumptions? For reasons which you can go back into well, history. Oh, no, no, come on. Why do they have the same assumptions? We may even go back in history. Uh, this has been a set of assumptions that has been very popular among intellectuals. What has happened in our time is that intellectuals have been taken much more seriously since the 60s than they were before. I think we're suffering the consequences of it. It's not the first time in history that intellectuals have been taken seriously uh, and disasters have followed. So we shouldn't have taken Milton Friedman seriously? Mil Milton Friedman uh, no. is, one, is, is a very no, 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 atypical intellectual. You can't play this game and say, well, no, no. we shouldn't take intellectuals seriously and then accept those no, that no. I happen to think are no, right. No, 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 take no, them no, seriously. no. By, by, by seriously, I mean in the sense, I should have clarified this. In the sense that they are exempted from the test of facts, did it work? When I hear people come on the air and say these lofty things, right. I say to myself, show me where we've ever gotten better off listening to people like this. Right. All right. I, 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 I see these psychologists no, coming no, on to how you should raise your children. I said, how are children better today now that we've been listening to these people for 30 years? Are they happier? Are they more learned? Uh, you know, test scores go down, venereal disease goes up, yeah. suicide rates go up. In what way are we better off for having listened to them? But it seems to me that you do engage a little bit in group dismissal. That you, in a sense, wave your hand and no, no, anybody no, no, there, no, the rather than saying that that each of these kinds of institutions, or that there is not a group think in the institution. There, there, is. there it is. That explains everything right there. The great Thomas Sowell. How the right subjects itself to testable hypotheses. We'd say to ourselves, well, as a hypothesis here, if we don't produce more pilots because we put a vaccine mandate out, well, what will happen? Well, then there'll be no pilots to fly planes. And then what? And then there'll be no planes to transport goods and services. And then what? And then there'll be a bottleneck of people and goods trying to get around. And then what? And then you'll have inflation because there'll be no goods and no people to sell them. And then what? And then you'll have a real problem. The left doesn't do any of this. The left does not subject themselves to testable hypotheses, nor the media, nor academia, nor the congressional committees on the left. The Iron Triangle just speaks out of pure emotion. We got to ban conservatives for misinformation. Well, what's misinformation? Anything conservative. Oh, okay. That makes sense to you. Is that a testable hypothesis? Because you were the same idiots, by the way, who said the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. There's a PP tape and that the Wuhan lab leak theory was a conspiracy theory. And we're the idiots. <laughs> That's the difference between us and them summed up in one simple clip. We subject ourselves to facts and data and, and testable hypotheses all the time. And the left doesn't. It's all emotion. Nice job, Thomas Sowell.
With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So proving my point again from the beginning that this was so obvious what was going to happen with Southwest if you engaged in any reasonable analysis of the facts. We're going to force pilots to do something they don't want to do. Yeah, but they'll quit. Uh, That's the leftist argument stops there. They never say and then what because they're immune to facts. Here's Jason Johnson at MSNBC. I mean a dunce of just apocalyptic proportions. I've been on the stage debating this guy I had him on stage at Politicon debating him about Spygate. He was so clueless and humiliated himself so badly in front of the crowd by not knowing even basic facts about the case, not even little things. He had no idea the stuff I was talking about. He had to have the debate moderators save him. He was totally humiliated on the stage. This guy is not very bright. Here's Jason Johnson on MSNBC attacking Alan West and claiming somehow that Texas is turning more and more blue Uh, Again, completely devoid of the evidence of what's actually happening in Texas, specifically along the border. But it sounded good, I guess. That's all liberals do. Check this out. Alan West, he he is the zeitgeist of the Republican Party right now. They want that same kind of, they they want that sort of natural, all natural flavor racism, but they want it in blackface with a 1990s uh, flat top haircut. That's what they want. And that's what they can get out of Alan West. And if he can actually get out of bed and hopefully realize that he could actually catch COVID again because the magical antibodies that he thinks he has now will not keep him any safer if he continues to run around and grab hand the way that he is, he will be the kind of person that many Republicans in that state want. But here's the problem. The state of Texas is not nearly as Republican as the idiots that they seem to want to have running. 95% of the growth in that state has been coming from minorities and people from other more liberal progressive places moving into the state. And at some point, the dam is going to break. And you'll start seeing politicians that reflect the people who live there and not just the moneyed interests who are paying their way. Jason Johnson's clearly entirely unfamiliar because, you know, facts and data and stuff with what's actually going on in Texas. If he actually read some data on border counties and a political realignment in Texas, you'd find out that Texas and many areas that were traditionally Democrat are going Republican. Uh, here's an article. you can. It's in the Texan 2020 election signals, political realignment in Texas. Significant gains for Republicans in South Texas and along the border show that the region is turning purple from blue. Jason Johnson could have gone to probably one of his favorite websites, Google, just put that in there and figured out that what he was saying was ridiculous. But again, it sounded emotional. They love racist attacks on black conservatives. So why, you know, why engage in any kind of truth telling facts and data? All right, moving on. For those of you who've been listening to my show for the last few days, you know, I've been really, really concerned and very anxious. Uh, I don't usually say that, but very anxious about what's going on with China and Taiwan. Folks, I have a sick feeling here. I mean, sick, like it gets in my stomach when I read these stories. That we are inching slowly towards World War III. I'm amazed the mainstream media is not picking up more on this story. My guess is uh, because the Joe Biden administration is in chaos and surrounded by scandal, which I hope to get to at the end of the show today. If not, I'll get to it on the radio uh, show. My guess is because of that, they don't want to tell you the truth 
about how quickly the situation in Taiwan and, and China is degenerating. China is flying fighter aircraft into Taiwan's airspace. If they attack Taiwan, World War III is right around the corner. Here is a tweet from Disclosed TV this morning. Just in. Taiwan is part of China, says Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov. Here's tweet two. More. Moscow's not ruling out the temporary shutdown of all U.S. and Russian diplomatic missions, says a Russian Deputy Foreign Minister uh, Raya Bakov. Sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. I screw up everybody's name, including my own. Folks, if China attacks Taiwan, you think we're having a supply problem now and an economic problem in the United States and global sea lanes become clogged because China decided to cross the strait and attack Taiwan, causing World War III? You think the Russians are just randomly throwing it out today? Like the Russian foreign minister, they are experts in misinformation, misinformation, disinformation, everything. You think they're just randomly throwing this out there right now? They know Biden is weak. If they attack Taiwan, what does North Korea do? What does Japan do? What does India do? What does Australia do? What does the United States do? You're talking about nuclear-powered countries here. This is a huge deal. Gordon Chang, who's one of the best commentators in the business, was on Newsmax, talking about something I said to you last week, why I'm so concerned. Because some of you are listening, and I understand, you may be like, you know, Xi's not that stupid, the leader of China. He's not that dumb. He's not going to evade Taiwan. He knows it could lead to World War III. Folks, he's in real trouble at home. The domestic real estate market in China is totally collapsing. It's completely collapsing. Also, China is about to be fully exposed that the Wuhan virus leaked from the lab. Fully, completely exposed. He has real problems. He knows the Vladimir Putin plan. Oh, Russia's involved too, just like I just said. The Vladimir Putin plan is what? Whenever you have a domestic crisis, go and invade Crimea or Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine. This is a, You think China and them aren't talking? You think this is by accident? What better way to clear up your problems than an invasion and nationalistic pride? Look, we're going to go get Taiwan, reunify the great Chinese empire. Here's Gordon Chang. Pay very close attention to the end of this clip where he says exactly that. Xi's domestic problems could lead to an, a, a, a calculated risk on his part to attack Taiwan. Check this out. We're heading toward a confrontation, but war is not inevitable. So, for instance, if the American president would tell, Ta uh, tell China, um, oh, look, we will defend Taiwan. We will extend a mutual defense treaty if Taipei wants it. Well, China won't invade. They will not accept the casualties that would go along with this. China is now more casualty averse than the United States is. And that means that an invasion of Taiwan, which would produce you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of casualties for China is something which would be considered unacceptable. The only problem, Rob, is that Xi Jinping is undergoing severe problems at home. Mm. He might lash out. If you listen to the show, you heard me say that exact same thing last week. If the ever-grand real estate crisis in China with a bunch of empty buildings they can't produce, that people bought, no rent, it's collapsed, the whole real estate market in China is collapsing, gets worse, he, of course he's going to lash out. Why do you think Russia's involved? They're probably telling him, the best way to stay in charge when you're communists like us, just attack someone. People love it. You think this is all by accident? Nothing I've told you is crazy or it's I subject it to rigorous 
reasonable analysis. Of course, they're going to attack rather than lose power themselves. Here is Hillary Clinton, who made a uh, media comeback yesterday to tell us she's not leaving the scene, which is unsurprising. The woman can't help herself. She was a really obnoxious person. I, I just want to throw that in there. I don't speak out often about former protectees, but she was really an awful, genuinely awful human being. Um, here's Hillary Clinton confirming she's not leaving the scene. And notice how she throws in. So she's got to meet everything Hillary Clinton does. Trust me, please. Everything this woman does is calculated. Nothing's by mistake. Proving to you again, the Facebook whistleblower was a trap to get you to buy in to censoring content on Facebook for conservatives. Hillary Clinton has a media appearance. She's got just a minute, two, three, four minutes, however long the appearance was, maybe five, who knows, maybe 10, that's it. Notice how she throws the Facebook thing in there. You think this is by accident? That she didn't have prepared talking points going in? Listen very closely to her language here. She talks about the insurrection too, which is really odd because no one's actually been charged with insurrection or treason, which is really good. They've been charged with trespassing. Check this out. I believe you said it's up to us to make sure the plot stays fictional. After writing this, any interest at all in getting back into the game of politics? I will never be out of the game of politics. I'm not going to be running for anything. But I really feel, Amy, and I know uh, George was interviewing Adam Schiff mm -hmm. before, I really feel like our democracy is at stake. And there's many reasons for that. Some of them we saw on uh, the screen with the insurrection, some of them because of the revelations about Facebook that creates a world of disinformation instead of, you know, one that uh, we can agree on what the facts are. I, I really am worried about what's happening at home and around the world. So I'm never going to get out of, uh, you know, being uh, involved, worried and hopefully trying to help in some way. Again, you think that's an accident? Of course, it's not an accident. She throws the Facebook uh, thing in there. Because they need to censor Facebook. Why? Facebook is a source for millions of Americans, their only source of news. If you can control the Facebook algorithm and eliminate conservative stories from the news feed, you can rig an election without ever firing a shot at the election booth. Firing an electoral shot, meaning changing the election. You don't have to do anything. Forget about voter integrity or anything like that. You don't have to do one of those things. You just manipulate the collective American psyche through the one place they get their news, Facebook. Why do you think this is happening? All right, I'm beating a dead horse now. I'm sorry. But it's, it's, it's how important this story is that you don't fall for it and jump in bed with the Facebook whistleblower. It's only a push to censor conservatives. Listen, I'm just throwing this cut in there kind of for comic relief to show you again how leftist facts and stuff never, ever the leftists don't let facts get in the way of a dopey emotional argument. You know, Ben and Jerry's, the silly ice cream company run by, uh, started by this buffoon. Here's one of the founders of Ben and Jerry's in an interview with Axios. The Axios reporter asks a loaded, stupid question. You know, voter ID, Georgia, Texas, you know, impugning these states for making elections easy to vote in and hard to cheat in. She doesn't throw any of that. It's just a dumb question. But still, she challenges Ben and uh, the Ben and Jerry's founder on his so-called principles about fighting for all these things and then making profits off states, which he claims to not, you know, not align with their values. And listen to the, I want you to, this is the most uncomfortable five, six seconds of silence, hemming and hawing. And it just, again, describes liberals to a T. Emotion only, facts be damned. Check this out. Disagree with the Israeli government policy. Why not just stop sales completely? Well, 
I disagree with the U.S. policy. We couldn't stop selling in the U.S. I think it's fine to be involved with a country, to be to be a citizen of a country, and to protest some of the some of the country's actions. And that's essentially what we're doing in terms of Israel. We hugely support Israel's right to exist, mm -hmm. but we are against a particular policy. You guys are big proponents of voting rights. Why do you still sell ice cream in Georgia? Texas, abortion bans. Why are you still selling there? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a it's an interesting question. I don't know what what that would accomplish. We're working on those issues of voting rights and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, I think you ask a really good question, and I think I'd have to sit down and think about it for a bit. You typically think about these questions before you take a public stance on stuff. <laughs> Joe, Gee, is any of this out of line? If you're going to take a public stance on things like voter ID, voter integrity measures, Israel, like the Ben and Jerry's founders done, right? Why don't you think it through before you take the public stance, not take the public stance and then think it through afterwards. This is the left. Again, facts be damned. They don't care about facts. They don't subject themselves to testable hypotheses. Anytime it's all emotion all the time, every single time. Their ice cream does suck. It's terrible. I would never eat that junk ever. I don't eat ice cream anyway, but I definitely wouldn't eat that stuff. All right, moving on. I saw this article this weekend. This, this is one of those Bake Your Bagels articles because I hadn't heard of this before. Have you ever heard of the theory of viral interference? No, it's not some crazy conspiracy theory. You know the leftists, anytime they hear something that doesn't comply with pre-approved leftist narratives, take your vaccine, wear your mask. It's the only thing you're allowed to say. Anything else, the left will attack you. I was in the gym this weekend. I'm on the elliptical kind of warming up, getting ready for leg day. And I see this fascinating story about the concept of viral interference and it's titled, please read this. The open rate in our email list, by the way, has been ridiculous. It's been so high because the articles are great. They're not mine. I'm not taking other people's articles. Bongino.com slash newsletter. That's how you get on our email list. Go to that link, click uh, sign up, follow up. It's free. This article will be there today. The unexpected case of the disappearing flu. Ladies and gentlemen, what the hell happened to the flu? We've seen an explosion of coronavirus cases around the world. Various states, various regions. Peaks and as people go indoors more, they go more indoors in the south. In the summer, they go more indoors in the winter in the north. And you're seeing seasonal patterns. But what the hell is happening with the flu? The flu seems to have largely disappeared. Now, Proving my point, what are the approved leftist narratives? Anyone? I just said it. Get your vaccine, wear your mask. Anything outside of those pre-approved two leftist narratives, you will be attacked. So, of course, the left said what with the unexpected case of the disappearing flu? What do you think they said? Well, what's the narrative? The pre-approved narrative is... 
Wear your darn mask. It was the masks that did it. The mask. Remember, it's the only accepted narrative. Masks and vaccines. Vaccines aren't going to do anything about the flu. So the left said, well, if we can't say vaccines got rid of the flu, what can we say? Talking about the coronavirus vaccine. Masks did it. So the article, MMG Sun, in the piece says, well, quote, if the wearing of masks was capable of almost entirely removing influenza from circulation, as has been observed, we haven't seen much flu at all then this approach would also eliminate the uh, SARS-CoV-2. Indeed, SARS-CoV-2 virions, which range from uh, 40 to 200 nanometers, are similar in size to influenza, adenoviruses, and other beta coronaviruses, which share the same genus as the novel virus. Since SARS-CoV-2 influenza and various other respiratory viruses are largely spread by fine particle aerosols in indoor settings, an intervention that works for one should logically, there it is, folks, logic should work for the other. But in spite of the stringency of interventions, SARS-CoV-2 cases have skyrocketed. Folks, how the hell can it be the mask? You have viruses of roughly the same particulate matter size, right? They're the same size. So if the masks are blocking the flu, why aren't they blocking the Rona? It's not the mask. Again, science, reason, testable hypotheses. So if it's not the masks, based on science and reason, what we do, not the left, because they're crazy people. They only have two approved narratives, vaccines and masks, right? Then what is it? I'll ask you again. Have you ever heard of viral interference? The author goes on. Read this piece. It's fascinating. It's not very long, but it's very good. The author says, so perhaps a biological process whereby viruses engage in some form of competition or interaction can better explain disappearances such as those currently being observed. He's talking about the flu disappearing. Subsequent research has borne out real-world examples related to the phenomenon described by Simpson, one of the scientists who believes in this viral interference. According to a group of researchers at Yale, it's likely that a 2009 autumn rhinovirus epidemic interrupted the spread of influenza. The author of that study uh, wrote, one respiratory virus can block infection with another through stimulation of antiviral defenses in the airway mucosa. Folks, do I know that's the case? I do not. I'm not claiming to be a virologist or a medical epidemiologist. What I am claiming is some very simple facts because I'm a conservative who believes in reason. We are not seeing a flu epidemic. We are not seeing many cases of the flu at all. It is clearly not masks based on the science of how masks work. Yes, science. So then what is it? So when you're eliminating things that aren't possible, you have to go with the what is possible. Viral interference where one virus, the coronavirus, rhinovirus, or whatever, interferes with another virus's ability to infect the human being is a possibility. Is it a fact? We don't know that. Is it a confirmed fact? We don't know that. Is it a possibility? Sure is. And it's a damn fascinating one. That the coronavirus may somehow be stimulating people's nasal mucosa and airway passages with some antiviral defense defending you against the flu. Again, as conservatives, we're allowed to entertain these things because we believe in free speech. Of course, this will probably be banned from YouTube because we don't promote masks and they demand that you get a vaccine. But know this, we'll always be on the side of science.
and asking questions that matter. And that's why you'll always be ahead of the curve and liberal the curve and liberals will consistently be dumber than you when it comes to this stuff. All right, let me get to my uh, last sponsor. Then I want to get to the beach ball theory at work. My beach ball theory of freedom is very important. Scott Gottlieb, who I'm not a huge fan of, but he was on CNBC and he kind of hinted at it. How every action results in an equal and opposite reaction. And when you suppress freedom, you have, you're never going to suppress it for long. It gets too hard to hold the beach ball underwater. Eventually, the, bo- the water bursts the crest of the water. The, the, the ball bursts the crest of the water. Because its inertia is to be free. It's my beach ball theory of freedom. You'll see it in action coming up. My last sponsor today is Omax. Listen, many of you are sitting home right now feeling bad because you're experiencing some joint pain, inflammation, lack of concentration, moodiness, even weight gain. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I know about all of that. Even awake, I've been getting a little gooey around. I got to start up in my cardio a little bit. I want to tell you about another amazing product brought to my friends at Omax. I'm talking about Omax 3. I take it. I love it. It is a pharmaceutical grade omega-3 fish oil with the highest concentration on the market. It's done wonders for me personally and my really severe osteoarthritis. The purity and potency is unmatched. Fish oil has been touted as the latest breakthrough supplement. It contributes to a huge amount of health benefits. Many of the top brands, though, simply don't contain enough omega-3s to notice any of these benefits. If you want to feel the benefits I mentioned, try Omega th- Omax 3. Omax 3 Ultra Pure. That's Omax 3 Ultra Pure with a special, a special formulation that reduces joint pain and inflammation. It's worked wonders for me. OMAX-3 is clinically tested by NSF, so there's no harmful toxins or chemicals, and it's 100% safe for you and my family. I would not take it otherwise. I've got too much to risk. OMAX is offering my listeners 50% off a 60-day supply of OMAX-3 plus two free gifts, vitamin D and their popular sports socks. Just go to OMAXHealth.com slash Bongino. OMAXHealth.com slash Bongino and take advantage of the special offer not available anywhere else. That's omaxhealth.com slash Bongino for 50% off in this incredible offer. And if you're on the fence, Omax offers a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee. You don't get the results you're looking for, return it for your money back. You hear all the hype around omega-3s. Well, now's your chance to try the most trusted omega-3 on the market today. Go to omaxhealth.com slash Bongino to get 50% off this special offer, plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. These products and statements haven't been evaluated by the FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent any disease or illness. Thanks so much. Okay. Here is Scott Gottlieb, our uh, former FDA commissioner in the Trump administration. I'm not a huge fan of this guy for a number of different reasons, but regardless, he sometimes says things that make a lot of sense. And this is one of them. He was on CNBC talking about how these vaccine mandates, the action, action, right? A vaccine mandate are going to produce an equal and opposite reaction. That reaction is not what you think it is. Proving my point again that the left never subjects themselves to reason before they do things, just like Ben and Jerry, they think of things after the fact. Make proposal, see what'll happen after. Not test proposal, see what'll happen and then do it. They don't do any of that stuff. Here it is, check this out. I think now that this has become something that's going to define people politically, um, and you see political leaders literally running on their uh, their support or their uh, um, opposition for vaccines and vaccine mandates. Again, I don't I don't think a lot of voters are going to nuance this as much as we are, as much as the politicians are and make a distinction between 
a requirement to get the COVID vaccine and the idea of getting the COVID vaccine at all and a requirement to get any other vaccine and just the idea of getting vaccinations. So a lot of people are going to walk away from this with an assumption that a vaccine is something that the government's telling you to do and they're going to reflexively oppose it in circumstances where they would have readily accepted it in the past. And that's going to ultimately have an effect. I would suspect two years from now, we're going to see vaccination rates come down across the board. And I've been warning my public health colleagues that, you know, we need to we need to watch what the consequences are of our actions. We want to gain incremental um, vaccination for COVID. Right. We're at 78% of adults right now over the age of 18 with at least one shot. You know, each increment that we gain comes at a cost. And we need to look at those long-term costs in terms of what we do culturally to ourselves. Look at the long-term costs. Yes. Again, although I disagree with him often, he's absolutely right. This is the difference between conservatives, as Thomas Sowell summed up in the beginning of the show, and liberals. Conservatives say, Let's analyze this policy. Let's look at the long-term costs. Let's look at the short-term costs. Let's weigh it. Is the net present value of this policy positive, we hope? Or if it's negative, let's not do it. That's not what liberals do at all. They speak from emotion. Get your vaccine, it'll save lives. Never considering, and then what? When the government pushes it and people don't want it, people start to object to vaccine mandates for a lot of vaccines. Then all of a sudden, the whole purpose of the policy blows up in your face. They never thought any of this through. They never think anything through, ever. You should thank the Lord every single day of your life, and I'm not using his name in vain, that you are not a liberal, and you subject your hypotheses to critical analysis. Facts and reason are the key to a more prosperous society, not emotion and foaming at the mouth and screaming at every single person because they dare challenge your emotion based on facts and reason. All right, I want to get to my final story in the day. It's in my newsletter. It's a good one. Talking about the bevy of scandals from top to bottom in Joe Biden's cabinet right now in his administration. It's in the New York Post. It's called Scandals from Top to Bottom in Joe Biden's Cabinet of Horrors. Folks, this is the real deal. Read the story. I'm just going to go through a few of them. How just about every single member of the Biden internal team, their brain trust of idiots, is involved knee-deep in some scandal, either major or minor, but still a scandal nonetheless. Top to bottom. Obviously, you have Biden, Hunter Biden. We know all about that. But let's talk about the cabinet here. That's the focus of this piece. Kamala Harris is vice president. His internal advisors here. He's in charge of the border. The border's completely falling apart. She's in a, a, a child, what, facility with children and children as uh, child actors uh, doing some ridiculous, like, PSA or something. The border's totally collapsing. The southern border of the United States. Where's Kamala Harris? Nowhere to be found. His secretary of state, Tony Blinken, the grandmaster of the Afghanistan disastrous strategy that got 13 Americans killed, left thousands of people stranded behind and forfeited a country and forfeited Bagram Air Base. This was Tony Blinken. He should have resigned a long time ago. More on this cabinet of buffoons. Remember that book about Lincoln, team of rivals and his cabinet? This is a team of idiots. You got Lloyd Austin, his defense secretary, and Mark Milley, his joint chiefs chairman. Milley's China call. Call warning China. Is China warning us about Taiwan? Are they warning us about what they're going to do next? Have they told us about Russia and why Russia's getting involved? Mark Milley thought it was a good idea, according to some reporting, to say he'd warn the Chinese government about a nuclear strike. How is this guy still in charge? 
You think that's it? Oh, there's more. You have Merrick Garland. He's a gyno, attorney general in name only, who's been attacking parents through his DOJ for speaking up at school board meetings, speaking out against CRT. Oh, and then we find out what? The gyno's son-in-law, his daughter married a guy that works for a company that profits off of CRT-type material, according to multiple reports. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Ah, that's it. No, that's not it. There's more. Just kidding. Uh, The Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, involved in this global tax scandal where they're trying to jam a global tax down people's throats without congressional or Senate approval to destroy American business. This is the Commerce Secretary. She should look up commerce. Marcia Fudge, Biden's HUD Secretary. United States government allocated a bunch of rental assistance fees to go out during uh, payments to go out during the coronavirus crisis. How much of it's been sent out? 11%. While they tell landlords you can't get paid from actual renters who aren't getting paid from the government despite the lockdowns. <laughs> a clown show. You got Pete Buttigieg, the biggest uh, loser of all of this thing who is the transportation secretary is overseeing a massive bottleneck at transportation hubs, notably American ports where ships can't unload goods right around the holiday season where people want to buy goods. And what's Pete Buttigieg doing? I don't know. Filming environmental PSAs where he gets out of a car with a hundred feet to go and rides a bike to his location. Look at me. I'm riding a bike. Remember that? Remember that video? You got the education secretary Cardonis. Involved with promoting critical race theory against the objections of parents around the country who are conveniently being targeted by the Againo, attorney general in name only. You've got Alexander Mayorkas at the border who seems to forgot what the border is. He's, that's, I think, the biggest scandal of all tied back to Kamala Harris. And finally, you got the EPA administrator, Regan, who's being sued for firing a bunch of scientists at the EPA. I'll take the mean tweets back. The growing economy. General stability and peace agreements around the world. Give us back the mean tweets. I'll take it any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. A quick update. Uh, you know, Tuesday's ratings day. We were number one in the demo again by a large number. So thank you. Thank you again for supporting my show. On the Fox News Channel, unfiltered, Saturday at 10 p.m. I put a lot of work into it. It means a lot to me. I put a lot of work into this and the radio show, too. But that show is particularly hard because TV was a new medium for me. Uh, Television. Not digital, but television. And uh, it's been just an incredible success. Thanks to you. You deserve that. You. Remember, as I say all the time, you don't owe me anything. I owe you everything for spending the time with me on this show, the radio show, and the unfiltered show on Fox. Thank you very much. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.